Hi, my name is Shamaka and you are welcome to Let's Pass. This podcast explores what I call my refining season. It is basically all the experiences that I've had that has helped me to learn a bit more about myself or taught me very important lessons. I will be sharing with you my high, low and very special moments. I do hope you like very good conversations because from time to time you'll be hearing from very good friends of mine or just me. I hope this podcast inspires you, that you can relate with it, or at the very least that you are able to listen to my very silly stories. I do hope you stick around, but until then, have yourself a good day. Cheers to those. Speak soon. Welcome back to the final part of Millennials Take on Love. As promised, I said I was going to give you my own insights of what, or should I say, perspective of what love means to me. I do hope the previous episodes or the previous parts um, were quite insightful for you, that you could resonate with some of the things that were discussed or actually maybe, maybe relate with them. In this particular part, I explore my own first interaction with love, um, the first time I fell in love. And of course, what isn't love or what is love to me? I do hope you enjoy this episode. Happy listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Les Pass and happy Valentine's Day. Um, I hope you get to experience and share in the love of Christ today and the love of family and love of friendship today. But more importantly, I also hope that you're able to give to the next person, someone who is less fortunate, someone who doesn't have anyone to remember them this day, you're able to share that love with them today. Now, in the last two episodes, we've been discussing about love, this concept or this thing called love. Um, We talked about boundaries. We talked about first time experience or first interactions or I say experiences with love. And we also talked about what isn't love. Now, as I promised, I was going to give my own perspective or insight on this thing called love, right? But I would say, and I hope that it was the same for you, that these two episodes, the previous episode that I initially published was a very insightful, um, it provided a very insightful discussion uh, point for me. And it was also uh, a very pivotal learning opportunity for me. There were things that I didn't quite have understanding about that were a bit clarified for me. I think I was being, I'm I'm much of a realist, right? I try to imagine things as they should be, but sometimes things are not always as they seem. Also, I want to say thank you to those people who shared those stories with me. They really let me into their spaces um, and also let you in as well, because um, some of the stories I'm sure they probably never have told anyone before. So, um... Please thank them when you hear from them again. Right. Now, when I think about this concept of love, it is it is a concept of, I say, emotion that has been so perverted um, these days. Um, the concept has also been increasingly commercialized. And sometimes you are confused if it's the same love they are talking about or if it's another one. Um, today, that is Valentine's Day. I've seen a lot of posts where... People have insinuated that, you know, it's a day filled with fornication, but it's much more than that. I mean, this is not this is not a podcast to talk about Valentine's Day, but to share my insight, which is what I'm going to do. Now, I was recently, someone recently shared something with me. It's a priest friend of mine. 
And I found the conversation or rather the write-up today um, very relevant to the discussion I'm going to have today. And I'm going to read the first line, the first few lines um, of this article. The article is called Do Not Copy your love letter, right? It was written by very Reverend Father George Adimike. And the first thing that really struck out for me, he, he, he starts with this. He says, many times people easily succumb to the lures and stirrings in the heart, which they often misunderstand in search for love. They reinterpret lust and surrender to it. Now, I'm just going to give this as a head and I'm going to come back to this. But I'm going to answer the same questions that I asked my friends about the first time the first time they learned about love and how they became influenced um, with how they became influenced uh, by love. So basically their own influences was a family, was a movie or was it just first hand experience or interaction with with um, peers for me? My first interaction with love was with my grandmother, my late grandmother, uh, my maternal grandmother from my mother's side. Now, it's funny, and just like my friends mentioned, it didn't, I didn't know that to be love, but it was, it was exciting seeing her life that way. Ma was love personified, and she was a person of peace. Um, she was known to be someone who just was always available, always free to give and always able to forgive offenses, right? As in, you know, when you talk about that, that verse they talk about in Corinthians chapter 13, right? She is that person. I'm not saying this because she's my grandmother, but I saw her leave this out in her own life. She was the most patient person that um, I've ever gotten to know about and she was very content so basically the things that she didn't have or she didn't have need for she didn't concern herself with that she wasn't a conceited person and you could hear barely or ever you you barely heard her complain or barely heard her say anything she was very content with the little things that she's given or the little things that she's able to do um mama never had any grievance you know she never stored up grievances for people i mean to the best of my knowledge knowing her i was privileged to know her for the very you know good part of my life from childhood through adolescence and to adulthood as well and i never saw her you know store up she never she was not one to hold grudge for someone right and if i if if not for everything she was constantly in prayers you know making making excuses sometimes for people when they air uh, the only time I remember Mama, and this is because I got to spend um, the bulk of my holiday. I think this was Junior Wayak with her. The only time I actually ever saw her, and this is after repeated offenses by this particular domestic worker, was when one of her drivers, you know, took her personality for granted and just thought he could walk all over her. And I think it was important for her to set him straight and to also decide to draw that boundary that we talk about, boundaries in relationships. And so Mama, for me, her her interaction, her life was my first interaction or my first influence with love. And I look at it a lot these days and I, or rather, it, it kind of formed, uh, would I say, a mental picture in my head as to what I would expect or what I intend to do for people, right? I remember very early in my life, um, I came up with this concept and uh, to do a legacy project because I, I thought it's important to give back, right? Um, seeing her life, seeing that, she was always giving, like if you come to our house or my grandmother's house, then 
they were always going to markets and it wasn't half who was being fed it was people third parties there were a lot of people a lot of things that people made money off that mama just gave freely to people so i wanted to live at least a semblance of that kind of life and that really inspired me rather that influenced me to think about this legacy project so it was an opportunity for me to uh it was going to be an opportunity for me to give back to people to give to people who are less fortunate and just to make impact right so it started i think this started or the idea came to me um, I think when I was in my second or first year in university, I can't now remember, but I was discouraged because I was told about a lot of things. Oh, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be hard work and all of that. So that's how the legacy project didn't happen. But hopefully um, in future, we would revisit that. Now, another opportunity I got, because all, all the time in my life, I've just been thinking, and I'm not saying this because I'm such a good person. It's just something that I desire. I just like people around me to be happy. I like to... I like to give if if I have and somebody else is lacking right I can't I don't I don't know how to work away I want to find out how I can help out that person right um of course um that has also been taken advantage of in the past but I don't want to focus on that I want to focus on the things the people that genuinely I was able to put smiles on their faces just because of the fact that I didn't walk past them when they needed help now Later on in my life, I I had the opportunity to do something. Again, that was a show of love because of the influence of my grandmother. And this was, I think, my service year back in Nigeria. I, I lived, or rather, I used to live in a place where there was so much affluence, right? A lot of people lived in affluence. But naturally, Nigerians, I'm sorry, but Nigerians are very selfish people. In the same affluence, there were people who were living in abject poverty and everybody was minding their business. And it didn't just make sense to me that people that were extremely very rich lived side by side with people who were very, very poor. And for all intents and purposes, if not for the grace of God, some of them would still end up in that cycle of poverty. I think the bits that struck me was one particular Sunday, um, I went out, I think, to get tomatoes or something like that. And I came across uh, this this uh, gathering of children. I took time to observe them. Like I looked at the mothers who, you know, were their parents and I saw a bit of older people as well who lived in this slum, like just right in the middle of all the affluence and riches within that community and i saw something that was i saw something that looked like a vicious circle of poverty most of these children will end up this way um they will end up this way because they've not been given the opportunity to do better they will end up this way because they don't know any better and they will end up this way because that's all they have known so if 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 they haven't if they can't be lifted if they are not shown um this is another way to do things they will probably repeats the same process again so it stirred a hunger in my heart and i think i remember telling my friend then um, i said to him listen and um, we need to do something about this i don't know how um everybody has ignored this so um basically for me i in my own little capacity and with my own little means what we used to do then we used to have like classes right some of them didn't have food um they they weren't feeding properly 
and it wasn't as if I was earning so much at that time, but I just needed to do something. I just couldn't walk away. So I got books from my colleague at work, um, old books that her kids um, no longer need, have any need for. And I started giving those kids those books. But more importantly, I think we sat, um, I would sit with them and we would, we would read those books. We would try and do some mini lessons. And at the end of the lesson, um, we would buy biscuits or whatever, something that you can eat and be excited about. And for whatever reason, after a while, just because of the stress of work and how Lagos can also be stressful, I couldn't sustain it. And I remember again coming back, I didn't know they were looking forward to or they were excited about those meetings. But coming back again, I think after a few months, I hadn't been. And then I, one of them recognized me and said, Ah, see, you don't come again. When are you coming back again? We've been waiting for you. And it, my heart bled because I didn't know actually I was that what I was doing was was making any impact. I didn't know that I was disappointing some people and all of that. So it, it's again, it, it's my grandmother's life or the influence that she had in her own community and around us um, or her own family, immediate family members that inspired me to want to do this kind of thing, to want to show love this kind of way. Now, <laughs> the question that I asked um, everyone, right, I said to them or I asked my friends, if you can recall the first time you fell in love, uh, it's a it's a question that I won't answer. Oh, yes, I remember because I think I've experienced different kinds of love. Now, aside the family love that you experienced, at least from my grandmother, understanding that that is how to show love, um, I've experienced the love of family what you call uh stoje or something like that i can't uh, please correct me um if you find that out please leave a comment on our instagram page just to clarify what that is but basically uh, yeah it is called stoje so it's a familiar kind of love that exists between parents and children or your siblings and all of that so i mean aside that kind of love i have three brothers that i absolutely love right we fight and all of that but i love them but Aside having that kind of family, um, kind of love, I've also experienced, I think for the first time I experienced what you call uh, filial love, right? This is the love that runs deep in true friendships, right? The love that is without any romantic attraction. I experienced that firsthand in my first year in university. Now, if you knew me in secondary school, I was a loner right? I didn't quite have friends. I didn't understand the girls in my school. So I just kept to myself for the most part. And I think there will be probably one person I would say, okay, was my friend back in uni, uni, right? So I kept solely to myself because I just couldn't understand the dynamics of female relationships. I don't know if it was because I had brothers. It's interesting because it wasn't as if I also had male friends or whatever, but I just didn't understand it. So I was a loner for the most part. Now, getting into university, I I was able to actually experience this thing called failure love, like the right the love of friendship. And this was uh, my friend Amara. We're still friends till today. We 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 have disagreed sometimes, but when I think about the first time I actually fell in love with somebody for no just reason. Her experience was it for me. Um, I remember meeting her and we didn't quite, con we connected um, because we had, we came from a similar 
um, we came from a background that uh, where we shared similar values, right? We had similar values over things. And she was also Catholic, she's Christian and all of that. So there was a commonality. But here's the thing, I was the youngest in my class. So um, it, it was hard to actually do that adjustment, right? And being youngest in my class, they thought, oh, this one is a sports brat, right? And we don't think we want to give our mouth to talk. So there were times when if I challenged people, um, it was perceived to be an insult. If I disagreed with people, it was perceived to be insulting, right? So um, I think, I don't remember exactly how we even met, but I remember that when we when we saw each other, it was easy to talk to her about certain things. We resonated on different topics and we became friends. And I remember her, like people thought we were sisters, right? She would look out for me when people tried to, try to bully me because I was small as well. When people try to bully me and stuff, um, she would rise up to the occasion. She would roar like them, like a lion, as if she was protecting her cub. And, you know, it was exciting to feel that way because I don't think I've ever, I've ever had that opportunity for someone to fight for me like that. And, you know, the thing there, when you have this kind of strong friendship with somebody, a strong love for somebody, you guys kind of act instinctively. So there are times when I would dress up a certain kind of way and I wouldn't even know that she also had that idea to dress up that kind of way. So we would arrive to school wearing matching colors. We didn't plan for that to happen, but that actually happened. We arrive in school, say maybe rocking um, similar hairstyles. We didn't plan for that to happen, but it did happen. So I think for me, it was the first time that I experienced this kind of deep love. Um, she, she, she was very intentional about friendships, right? Our friendship. And we used to study together. And um, she was the first person that also introduced me to a social group, right? Where I then got to make more friends. So for me, this was the first time that I experienced this deep love that is love between friends, right? The love of friendship. And you're not expecting anything in turn. The second time I experienced that was... Much later, I think at the time I turned 22 or 21, 22, I can't exactly recall. And it was a guy that I ended up, you know, having a relationship with. We were, we were friends for a very long time. And then it was like, okay, let's just turn this into a relationship. I wasn't, I'm sorry, but I wasn't really keen on it at that time. But I'm like, you know what, let's, let's, let's see that works. So that relationship or friendship, or I don't know what to call it now. It's was something that was beneficial to both parties. Excuse me. We, we helped each other. We built each other a lot and it was also very refreshing. So the first time I experienced it was with a female, my friend Amara. And the second time was with a guy, right? I'm not going to call his name, but um, it was an opportunity for us to feel each other's deficiencies. We complemented each other really well. Um, we helped each other to grow in faith and with other things as well. So it was a good experience. Very, very good experience. There was no manipulation as you would have today it wasn't really a case of feeling although at that point in my life I thought and I still do don't get me wrong I thought oh wow it's important to it's important to have butterflies for somebody to feel something for somebody and I think that was how our relationship ended because I didn't have those butterflies for him I saw something interesting today this morning and the question they asked was would you be with a guy who loves you or would you be with a guy who you love again it depends on how you ex 
press or talk about love? I, I don't know how to answer that question, but I think it's important for um, love to be requited, reciprocated. It just makes life easier. Um, one person cannot love and you don't love back. I don't quite believe in the concept of, oh yes, you will grow in love because we didn't get to the point. I Well, I didn't get to the point of that attraction again. I'm sorry if you're listening to this, uh, but that was it for me. But we did love each other. I wouldn't say we didn't love each other. We did love each other, but it was more of a friendship kind of love, right? It was more of a love that was, you know, helping. It was a kind of love that was beautiful. It was a kind of love that was uplifting, right? Reassuring without games or manipulation and all of that. And it was beautiful. So this was like this, I recall the first times I or the first time rather I fell in love from a female perspective, meeting my friend Amara and from a guy perspective as well. I hope that answered. <laughs> I hope that answered your question. And I was um, me. I met Amara when I was just 16. I just turned 16 in 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 in, in year one. And then I met this guy and got into a relationship. I met him. We had known each other actually for a bit, but I met him or we got into a relationship when I think turned 21 or so. And we dated for three years. So this is my own story, right? About love, how I fell in love. Um, so again, I asked, or I think I asked my friend, what is the difference between infatuation and love? I think for the most part in my life, I have felt infatuation right when you think oh goodness i can't get this person out of my head i can't think and you think it's love right it's not love and this is what father uh, father george describes as you know easily sometimes our heart succumbs to the laws or the strings in the heart which is often misunderstood as love so the infatuation somewhat then becomes lost because you're just attracted by the physical, how the person looks, right? How the person dresses and you ignore a lot of things that are important or very fundamental, very vital that would sustain that friendship, that would sustain that relationship. I've also come to learn as well that love is, especially between a man and a woman, ideally, I used to be told this before, even by my grandmother, but I didn't quite believe it. I thought they didn't know what they were all about, right? So I ignored that. So they said, they used to say to me, oh, it's important that you build a relationship, you build a friendship with somebody first uh, before um, you start focusing on the erotic kind of love, which is called eros. Now, eros essentially is um, the kind of, uh, is it, yeah, erotic love, right? Um, it is the kind of love that's um, exists ideally that is the way that god has designed it to exist between um, a man and a woman this is where the physical affection comes in where you can actually act on the physical aspect of it i don't know if that makes sense so there's a romantic kind of love now i i don't know if i would say uh, maybe i've been too focused on this part of it so trying to be uh if there is also a bloodline between being infatuated by someone and actually loving someone. I don't know if there's a difference between the two, but I think after these two examples that I've given, I think it has been a bit more, the focus has been on, or oh, you're just trying to find someone who you connect with 
erotically somebody who you're physically attracted to and all of, i don't mean to sign a certain kind of way but um, i think that has been my focus and i think when the focus or the attention moves to that it clouds a lot of things and you start missing some very important things that you should have paid attention to you start missing some red flags that you should that should have rang alarms in your head right um again i'm speaking about my own experience i don't know what other people's experiences are um it might be different you might you might not agree with what i and what i have to say but i think it is when we focus too much on the erotic kind of love on on the physicalities um we tend to we tend to be overclouded by other things we we don't pay attention to the things that we're supposed to pay attention and we we're not intentional about the relationship especially when you do that at a very young age you're not intentional and you can imagine me being into uh, me getting into university at a very early age, right? Um, me not even knowing what my left and right was, right? So there were a lot of things that I called love that wasn't. And it's over time that I've been able to refine, right? Even sometimes then um, I misunderstood that dating and actually being in a committed relationship with somebody is different. Um, they were concepts that we juggled together but it's only recently that I have been able to understand or make a distinction between the two. So again, back to what I was saying earlier on, that is important that um, I feel like it's important, especially when we now start talking about a relationship between um, a man and a woman that especially would lead to marriage. I think that it's an evolutionary process, right? Um, critically, I would go with what my parents or my grandmother have advocated for trying to be friends with somebody first um being friends with somebody first make sure that you pay attention to the fine details or the fine lines before you decide if i actually want to go ahead and date this person if i actually want to have eros erotic kind of love with this person and when you even get into marriage as well there is a kind of love they call um uh, was it uh I'm trying to remember what it is. Is it um, agape? Yeah, the unconditional love, right? The unconditional love, so the love that is selfish. Yes, they said it's only God that can give that kind of love. But it is something that is possible. And that's something, because we are Christians and because we're children of, of, of God, we should be able, we have the capacity to actually give that kind of love. It is a love that is given. It is the love that is not selfish. It is the love that doesn't have any expectation. And this is what, you know, really marriage is about. But I feel like before we get to that point of agape, it is an evolutionary process. You get to know someone first, have failure kind of love with the person. And then you start noticing, okay, actually I'm attracted to this person. But again, it's not advisable to act on that attraction or the physical attraction because again in my own opinion i think it clouds it clouds us it clouds up a lot of judgments and you start you you don't the 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 focus now moves from um the person to the physicality of the relationship again this is my take you might have you might disagree with it right um i think god made errors for a reason the erotic kind of love for a reason because it's something that then brings couples together in marriage is when the two actually become one in marriage and they can act on that physical or the or the erotic kind of love but it's not something that is advisable 
when you're not married or when you're dating people right again everybody has their own um their own interaction of that so love should be i think love people should experience love especially between man and woman in in a form of evolution get to know the person first feel that kind of love and then you decide actually if i want to marry this person you guys get married the erotic kind of love right and then the final bit is the agape love the unconditional sacrificing love this is what marriage is about marriage is all about sacrifice marriage is about giving marriage is about being present marriage is intentional right Marriage should be enough for both of you. The love that you share should be enough for both. It's not going to be perfect, but you know, that is, that is, you know, because we're Christian, because we're humans as well, we're not perfect. Only God is perfect. And yes, I know it's hard being in marriage to actually demonstrate that agape kind of love. But when we ask from, we ask grace from God, um, it is possible. Now, um, we spoke about boundaries as well. And my own take on boundaries, I think it's important to have boundaries in relationships so that you protect yourself. Um, because sometimes when we are too vested in something, right, again, we we lose sight of the things that are important. We lose sight of actually getting to know the person. And I think these things are things we because of how perverted the society has become there are now expectations that come when you're in a relationship with somebody right for instance it's assumed that when you're in a relationship with somebody you should have sex with a person because you're in a relationship with them it shouldn't be nobody should no no you shouldn't actually be engaging in premarital sex but hey this is my own uh, point of view and from the point of view of a christian and i'm not saying i'm perfect right um, i'm not discussing sexuality today but this is what it, it should be so there should be boundaries right man woman again I, I as i mentioned some of this some of these practices or actions that we do i think they are socially constructed um ideally in a typical african society they say oh a man takes care of the woman and what you're taking care of is in the context or confines of marriage. So you should know where your power starts and stop, right? And the same for the woman, where your power starts and stop. You can't behave as though that you're married when you're not married. Um, if you give everything in the point of dating or committed relationship, what exactly is left? The sea finish would happen. And when you break up from that person, you're going to really be hurt. So boundaries are very important. I believe boundaries are important. But as I, as my friends mentioned, it's also being intentional about respecting the person's feelings. It's also about understanding, paying attention to those things that um, you think, oh, actually, I can live with this if this person doesn't change or I cannot live with this. It is something to pay attention to right and um what isn't love now love isn't sex love isn't taking you on trips as as we've previously mentioned it is also not being obsessive and um, some people think that that's how to show love you need to obsess over somebody you don't give them breathing space or very needy right these things are not love love is sacrifice love is being intentional this is my own definition of love love is being intentional, being able to sacrifice is also a choice, right? We decide, we decide to love people. It's a decision that we make, right? So we decide to love somebody. So it's a decision. It is, it is intentional and it's also sacrifice. It's not always about how you feel about something or whether you feel like doing it, right? It should be a case of knowing that because I love this person, because I hold this person in high regard, and this is 
because this thing is also going to make this person happy. I'm going to die a little to myself, right? This is the agape kind of law that we talk about. Die a little to myself and make sure that I can do something that will make this individual happy. Now, I'm going to end this episode with these excerpts from Father Father George's um, article. And he, he, he tries to ex- explain to us that it's important that we don't look at other people's um, journey to love because God has uniquely designed our love stories, right? If you look at how other people fall in love or looking at other people, a good way to look at how other people fall in love is just to imagine or try to mirror the, the love that you see in movies in real life. Again, they're just acting and it can't exactly be that way. If you, if you mirror that, right, you might get hurt. So it's first of all, realizing that um, I need to seek first love in friendship. I need to seek first God in um, love of God to understand, to make sense because God shows us aspects and dimensions of love in those different ways, right? So it's understanding that, that you can understand the kind of love letter that God writes for you. So I'm going to read this for you and I hope it makes sense to you. He said, a copied love letter is often celebrated as love. Now, without the consciousness that it is, it is from the enemy, he uses the human heart's legitimate longings and stirrings to confuse unsuspected and shallow-rooted people in this, in this uh, uh, what's it called, with this impression of love. As such, many youths end up majoring in something minor, settling for less when more is important. They expect to reap dividends of wellness, flourishing and life after investing in nuisance. In that way, the evil one corrupts love from a liberating dynamism to an enslaving, fleeting feeling, turning it from warranty of joy and grace to forfeiture of peace. In reality, love letters have varied foundation, intention, context and meaning. Quite significantly, quite apologies for that, quite significantly, copies differ from the originals, even if the words are similar, because words come from world. Hence, words used in love letters have some peculiar meaning attached that another may not understand. In other words, reflecting on and creating own love experiences with God, self and others in order to have a personal narrative of love creates a transcript or creates a tale or transcript of grace. I think this sums it up nicely, recognizing that, listen, the way A has loved or the way A fell in love wouldn't be yours. You can't mirror exactly their own love experience. It's important that we remind ourselves of that. And it's also important that we're open to the love of people, love of friendships, right? Um, we're not just focused so much on, on the erotic kind of love. We focus on getting to know people, establishing friendships with people, right? That is how we see actually how to act out, act out love and the love of God, because I believe strongly in, if you love God, right, there are things that you wouldn't do to somebody else. It's God, the God, the love of God shows you how to treat people, shows you what you can do and what you can't do to somebody else, especially when you say you love the person. It helps you to make sure that your words and actions match together. I hope today I've been able to give you something that you can take away. As you celebrate Valentine's today, don't be one of those people who use this as a perverted opportunity to unleash mayhem, right? Be intentional about 
loving people, be intentional about spending time with people, be intentional about um, not always deciding that it has to always be about me. Sometimes you can forfeit two minutes, five minutes of pleasure for the greater good. I wish you all a very wonderful Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope to see if you can, if you can, please leave me um, a vo- voice messages. If there are bits of this uh, episode that are, that's really resonated with you, please leave me voice messages um, on the, on the app or drop a comment on Instagram. We are on Instagram. Let's pass it on Instagram. We're called Let's Pass. So if you have a search for us, L apostrophe up, E-S-P-S. I'm sorry, I'm going to start that again. L with an apostrophe, uh, S with an apostrophe on the top, then E-S-P-A-C-E. Apologies. It's a French word. Sometimes you try to spend it, spell it as an English word. Doesn't, doesn't quite work that way. Again, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for all your support and for listening. I mean, it's the, the support has been massive. The love has been great. And I'm honored that you listen to all I have to say. Until the next time, again, have a beautiful day. And once again, happy Valentine's Day. Hi, thank you so much for stopping by Let's Pass today. If you actually stuck around this long to listen to this voice, you're truly an MVP and I'm so thankful for the time you took out to listen to this podcast. Until the next episode, I want you to have yourself a wonderful day. Cheers. Speak soon. Toodles. Bye.